We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig. Andrew, welcome back to another Friday edition of the show. Thanks, Kyle. Um, I think this week... Part of me is probably a little bit upset to not have that little shred of playoff hopes that we were clinging to last week. And there's another part of me that is just really excited to start thinking about coaching and free agency and the draft. Um, now, one thing that we have heard a ton of discussion on this on um, this week is if Aaron Rodgers should play. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that very subject. Yeah, it's a really good question, and if you have been on Twitter at all, like Andrew said, it's pretty obviously that there is no shortage of opinions on the subject of whether or not number 12 should see the field this week, or in the last two games, I guess. Um, Now, for selfish reasons, I have to confess that I want Rodgers to play this week, because I need Devontae Adams to have a good statistical day on Sunday for my fantasy football championship, so um, obviously he's really concerned about that, and I'm sure that's the reason he wants to play, but um, obviously the chances of of him putting up some good points for Devontae are a lot better when Rodgers is throwing him the rock. Um, But outside of my own selfish motives, I actually think it's safer and smarter for Rodgers to sit these games out. 
primarily because any significant injury could put his 2019 season in jeopardy. And the only thing that could make 2018 worse at this point would be if something seriously affected the 2019 season. And so Aaron Rodgers, who has been beat up this season a little bit and who now has just a little bit of a groin injury to boot, yeah, I think he should just go ahead and sit these last couple out. Um, But I do fully expect Aaron Rodgers to play on Sunday. There are three major factors as to why I think that this will be the case. First, Aaron Rodgers is super competitive and he wants to lead this team. He stated that he wants to win on the road to give these young guys a taste of what it's like to bring a victory home and travel together after a road win. He thinks that would be really good for this team, this young team to experience. And I can totally see where he's coming from there. Um, secondly, he knows how good of a season Devontae Adams is having. Adams already got his Pro Bowl nod, um, of which he's obviously very deserving, but he's also nearing some franchise records, uh, some single-season records in a couple of categories. He needs 13 receptions to set the Packers' single-season receptions record, and he needs 205 yards to surpass Jordy Nelson's season high of 1,519 yards on a season. So I expect Rodgers probably wants to help Adams reach those accomplishments. And then the last reason that I think he'll be out there is that Joe Philbin is still auditioning for a future coaching gig. Now, I don't think that he's a candidate for the Packers or that head coaching job, but he's going to want to coach somewhere, whether that's as a head coach or as a coordinator. And Joe knows that if he finishes with a three and one record, that's going to be a lot more impressive than what could be expected from a Deshaun Kaiser led team. And so Joe Philbin has some personal motivation to let Rodgers play and keep his best players on the field. And that's exactly what I expect on Sunday. So I'm going to agree that Rodgers shouldn't play, but I have some different reasons why I think that. First, I don't think Joe Philbin should have any say in if Rodgers is playing or not. I think that decision should be completely taken out of his hands. Aaron Rodgers can be made to look like a good guy and say he wants to play, but then Brian Gutekunst can be the big bad guy who sits him down um, and makes that decision for Joe Philbin. Aaron Rodgers is the franchise, and if he gets hurt in a meaningless game, the Packers have probably ruined all of their forward momentum from a strong offseason last year, clearing up some cap space, having some additional draft picks this year. And secondly, I really want to see what they have in Deshaun Kaiser. First, is he worth being the backup quarterback going forward? Or maybe they need to look at a veteran backup with that extra free agent money. And perhaps Kaiser plays so well that he can be traded to another team for high pick and Green Bay can still acquire a veteran arm. Finally, it it's a massively beneficial proposition for the Packers to lose their last two games. Their draft pick can fall anywhere between picks three and picks 18, that is a massive difference. And if adding to the losing culture secures the Packers a top 10 pick, then let's bring on that losing culture. (laughs) And uh, alas, there there is a game this week, which we will hopefully see at Ellen. Um, So who are you looking forward to seeing this week? Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to watch the matchup in this game that we will hopefully lose, and that we will hopefully move closer to that number three overall pick that'd be something uh if the Packers got to draft that high but I'm looking forward to watching Jamal Williams this week what 
And I know, I know that this whole season has been about Aaron Jones and how athletic he is and how efficient he is and how good things just seem to happen when the ball is in his hands. But now, you know, Aaron Jones is on the shelf for these last two games of the season, and Jamal Williams is going to be the feature back. And I think that Williams deserves some love. Through all the attention that Aaron Jones has received from fans, Williams continued to play his butt off for this team. And while he doesn't have the elite athleticism that Jones possesses, Jamal Williams is a very good running back. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what Williams will do with the increased touches on Sunday and to see if his physical running style can wear down this Jets defense and take some pressure off of Aaron Rodgers in that passing game. Well, you want Jamal or you want to see Jamal Williams. And my temptation is to always answer this question with Kendall Donerson. <laughs> but I will let our listeners have a reprieve for one week for my constant droning of how great I think Donerson is. And I do think he's great. And pick a different player. I, I'm really excited to see Jamon Moore. There's there's a name we haven't heard yeah, since there late August. Uh, Moore has become the forgotten third rookie wide receiver, but he still has a lot of really promising qualities. He's an excellent route runner. He has an indescribable, indescribable ability to get open despite underwhelming measurables. And yeah, he had major issues with drops in the preseason. He has not gained any traction during the year and getting snaps on offense. He's mostly been relegated to special teams duties since he's been active. But with nothing to play for, why not give more, more snaps, more, more snaps. More, more. You like that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> trying to catch passes from, you know, Mr. Rogers or hopefully Mr. Kaiser. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be fun to see his development a little bit. Now, watch this be the week that Kendall Donerson actually breaks out, and you'll get no credit for that. Oh, that I'll, call that I'll be raving about him on Twitter on Saturday like I do every single week. Oh, absolutely. So uh, my guy that I'm going to watch here is Lucas Patrick. Um, I'm excited to see how he performs this weekend in these next two games. Um, Patrick missed Wednesday's practice with an illness, but he was back out there at practice on Thursday. So all signs point to him playing and starting at right guard on Sunday. And it's no secret that the Packers have been missing something at right guard all season. They've tried a little bit of Justin McCray and a little bit of Byron Bell. And there seems to just be nothing working with those two. But Lucas Patrick has actually shown pretty well in his limited opportunities. And Green Bay is certainly going to have to figure out what the future is at right guard this offseason. And Patrick has a chance in these last two games to show the Packers Two things, I think. First, I think he can show that he can be a high-quality backup on the interior offensive line for this team, something that they've really lacked recently, and that would be value in and of itself. And then I think, secondly, he could show the organization enough to make them think that he could at least compete to be a starter in this league. But either way, these last two games are an extended audition for Patrick that he probably wasn't really expecting to get. And so we'll see if he can make something of this opportunity. Yeah, and if you go to a game in person, Lucas Patrick is always the guy you notice on the sideline trying to get the crowd involved when the Packers are on defense. So if nothing else, he has fantastic team spirit. Um, but the the other guy I'm really excited to see is Montrevious Adams. Um, really, these last two games are a great chance for him to audition. The Packers' defensive line has been decimated by injury, and Adams now gets to be the focal point of opposing blocking schemes. This will work as an extended trial, and, and maybe we can see if he can be a starter next to Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. Adams has all the quickness and strength to win in pass rushing situations, but he has to show that he can be stout against the run. 
So those are a few people that are on the roster that we're excited about. Who are a few players you'd like to see on the roster next year, whether those are um, acquired through draft or trade or free agency or maybe some other means? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we're absolutely here where we're talking about offseason transactions. So um, safety is clearly a spot where the Packers are going to need to upgrade in the offseason. There are plenty of good options that will be available in free agency. Big names like Earl Thomas and Landon Collins could tempt the Packers. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is a small but impactful safety that's a free agent. Um, I actually really like uh, Joyner quite a bit. Uh, So lots of ways the Packers could go to solve this positional group. And the name I'm going to suggest today is not as popular, but I believe can make um, a really big impact and could be a smart pickup for Brian Gutekunst. And that's current Arizona Cardinals safety, Trey Boston. Uh, Boston was available for a long time this past offseason, and I wanted Green Bay to sign him then. I probably should have done that. Um, But Boston signed a one-year deal in Arizona, and I think he's going to come a lot cheaper than some of those other big-name guys that will be available. And I think he'll be nearly as impactful in a lot of ways. It's hard to trust um, pro football focus. When it comes to safeties, HaHa Clinton Dix is one of their top graded safeties in coverage, uh, so that makes me a little bit hesitant to trust in this in this area. But Boston is graded out as one of the most consistent free safeties in the game over the last five seasons, and he would be an immediate upgrade in range that this team could really use on the back end, deep in the secondary, and I think could be an impactful player for the Packers for a long time. Yeah, so safety is definitely one of those huge areas of need as the Packers approach the offseason. And the other one on defense has to be edge. And um, I wanted to talk about Ezekiel Ansah, a guy from the Detroit Lions that we probably haven't thought about in a long time. Um, And Ansah is coming off an injury-riddled and massively disappointing season. He was recently placed on the IR, so the Packers won't even have to see him in Week 17. But he is still an elite pass rusher when he's available, and the the Packers are definitely lacking in that category. I see his situation as a similar experience to what Eric Ebron went through, Um, and then obviously he's blown up with the Colts this year, Um, except that Ansa has a much better track record in history. And getting a potentially top-level pass rusher at a bargain bin price on what would probably be a one-year proven deal has to be massively appealing for Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, absolutely. The Packers are going to need to go some direction to help with uh, the rushing the passer category. And there's so many different ways they could go. They could go with a veteran name. They're going to be, uh, I guess, uh, big names, I guess is what I mean. And D Ford is a name. Uh, Trey Flowers, Jadavian Clowney are all guys that they could consider. Uh, but a guy I think that could come in and um, be a cheaper option and still make an impact would be Denver Shaquille Barrett. Uh, Barrett is buried on the Broncos' depth chart behind the likes of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Obviously, those are some good names to be buried behind. Uh, But he's been impactful against both the run and the pass in the limited snaps that he's gotten. And he's actually been really solid, uh, consistent, and pretty healthy since coming into the league. And if the Packers can get him on a relatively cheap deal and pair him with someone like a rookie first-round draft pick, um, or maybe somebody like Ansa, who's on a one-year deal, um, if they could just pair those for even one season, that could be a really nice match and go a long way in fixing this Packers edge group. I've always been really intrigued by Shaquille Barrett. Um, I remember when he was a young player and the Broncos were Super Bowl contending and really needed that to to acquire an offensive tackle. And there were rumors that they were going to go after Joe Thomas on the 
the Browns. And Shaquille Barrett was said to be untouchable in trade talks. So um, his freak athleticism <laughs> has always been a little bit intriguing, even if the Broncos probably held him a little bit too highly. He was um, untouchable, but then they buried him with other players. Right. So, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to switch. We, we talked about three defensive players so far. and I want to talk about um, an offensive one, and that would be uh, right tackle. Um, Jawan James from the Miami Dolphins. He is definitely going to be a hot commodity um, if the Dolphins even let him get to free agency. But after a really strong season following uh, being forced to play on his fifth year option, James is going to be in for that big payday. He'd likely command a four or five year deal. I'm thinking eight to $10 million annually, but shoring up the right tackle position is going to be crucial. Fixing the offense starts with fixing the right side of the offensive line and James would provide more certainty than any rookie possibly could. And it would essentially mean replacing the financial commitment to Brian Balaga with James. And I know Brian Balaga, when he is healthy, is a top-notch right tackle in the NFL. So there's a lot of people that maybe don't want to see Balaga go. But in the past four years, he has played in 12, 16, 5, and then 12 games. So his reliability is a major concern. And I think Juwan James provides a better and more reliable option than Belaga. And if you want to see the upside of what James can be, and trust me, the Dolphins had him on the trade block this offseason, and they obviously didn't want to give him a long-term deal, so that raises into question how good is he. Take a look at the Chicago Bears tape. He pitched a shutout against Khalil Mack. Um, And granted, Mack was switching back and forth between the right and left side, but James really did a phenomenal job of handling him alongside of Laramie Tunsil in what is probably the best tackle combo in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody can put up that kind of a fight against Khalil Mack um, is quite the player. And it will definitely be interesting to see what direction Green Bay goes with right tackle and where they see Brian Balaga fitting into the future of this team. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here on my next one. Um, and I want to talk about, I know, I'm guilty. Um, wide receiver, recently rec- recently acquired receiver, Alan Lazard. Um, he was te- He's technically already on the Packers roster. I know we're talking about the future, but I want him back in 2019. On Tuesday, the Packers signed him off the Jaguars practice squad, and I was really excited about this move. And honestly, I just love seeing how Brian Gutekunst continues to shake up this roster. It seems like he's never done searching for the small ways that he can improve this roster. But Alan Lazard is a really fun player. Uh, He played his college ball at Iowa State, and scouts raved about his off-the-field character and work ethic and his love for the game. He's 6'4 and 230 pounds, and he's just an absolute athletic freak. I tweeted a screenshot of Lazard's athletic web, and it's just ridiculous. He's obviously a height, weight, speed guy. He ran in the four fives, um, and at his weight, that's just incredibly impressive. Uh, but he also posted near elite scores in the vertical jump. Um, and somebody, you know, if you watch him watch at Iowa State, he doesn't always play to that four or five speed that he ran at the combine. But even still, he's a special package of traits that Brian Gutekunst obviously thought would be worth exploring and developing. But what's interesting to me about Lazard is the fact that the Packers already have so many receivers and so so many big receivers at that. And what has me intrigued about Lazard is that some 
in the scouting world were curious if he could maybe play tight end in the NFL and develop into a player with a similar skill set to someone like Evan Ingram or Jordan Reed. Now, obviously, those are some really rich comparisons at this point. Uh, but in a league where positions are becoming less defined and offenses are looking for mismatches and weapons rather than positional you know, tags that are placed on positions. I'm curious if a player like Lazard might have a future with the Packers in some kind of a hybrid tight end receiver role. And so he's a player that I'm really hopeful that the Packers will bring back in 2019 to kind of develop and explore what that role could be, because I think there's certainly a lot of potential there. Yeah. And you see this pattern across the NFL of teams having a third tight end that is really more of a wide receiver. Um, sometimes it's a, it's a, position transition sometimes is even a sport transition um, where they're throwing out that guy and in goal line situations are incredibly dangerous and you know if you can find situations where they can um, get a mismatch on a smaller defensive back it can uh, give defenses nightmares Um, I wanted to talk speaking of players that are technically currently on the roster or at (laughs) least under Packard control um, I wanted to talk about guard Cole Madison So we don't know why Cole missed the whole season, and we don't know if he will ever play in green and gold or in the NFL in general. But it would be a tremendous benefit to add a player who could potentially be your starting right guard without having to use any additional resources. First and foremost, I hope whatever Madison is going through gets resolved, or maybe he just becomes happy with the decisions he makes in his life. But adding a player with his natural abilities and toughness that that he demonstrated in college and the pre-draft process would really help the Packers to focus their resources on some other areas of need on the roster. So um, it is time for us to discuss our weekly draft pick update. And as we get closer to the end of the season, um, things are coming a little bit more into focus. Um, and the Packers' two first-round picks as they sit today would be the 11th and the 32nd picks in the first round. While there isn't much hope for the Saints pick to move much higher in the first round, we have discussed how variable the Packers pick can be, um, that 3-18 to 18 range. So this, this week, I'm going to be hoping for a fantastic performance from the Packers' young players, but also for a late win for the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> Anyways, that's all the time we have for today. <laughs> Uh, this has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to also follow at Packaday Podcast as well. Please subscribe to the Packaday Podcast if you like what we're doing. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Jake and Mark, and you can check out Jacob and Zach to get you ready for the game on Sunday. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday. One of us will be back next Friday with a preview of the Packers Week 17 game against the Detroit Lions. Boo, Kyle. You're on your own, man. Yeah, I'm on my own. No matter how hard the season has been, we want to thank you for listening. And as always, remember... are three of eight on third down conversions now gets the snap tight pocket lost it down the left side adams leaping grab wow. oh what a catch wow. right over principal kamara out of bounds 20 yard line of chicago that was an incredible leaping grab over the defender long count by a rod 
takes. Handoff Williams around the right end. Makes the turn to the wow. five. End zone. Touchdown. Oh, they got great seal blocks off the right side. And outside the numbers, Jamal Williams on a 10-yard touchdown run. And the Packers are right back in it. Rodgers shotgun. Slot right, slot left for the two-point conversion. Snap to Rodgers. Has some time. Rolls it over the middle. Devontae Adams has it. Two-point conversion. And we are tied at 14 apiece. Third and one, snap to Cohen, makes the handoff, fumbles it, it's up for grabs, and I believe Green Bay's got it. More arrogance by Matt Nagy. A trick play. Oh, all the tricks in the world, and they're foiling the Bears now. Dean Lowry makes the fumble recovery. Second down, a little bit less than six yards to go, they spot it. Just beyond the 44-yard line of Green Bay. Snap Rogers looking left. Throws it to Adams on the slant. He's got it inside the 40. Breaks a tackle down to the 35. And has tumbled down through the hash marks on the right side at the 33-yard line of Chicago. Fourth down and six at the Green Bay 45. Rogers long down the line. Takes the snap. Backpedals. Steps up Floyd, eludes Floyd on the pass rush, throws the middle, he's got Devontae cutting right inside the 35, down near the 31-yard line of Chicago, brought down to the 30-yard line, number by Adrian Amos, the safety.